Do you have a song or two right now that are just on the top of your mind that you're particularly loving? It's um, it's spring here, and uh, I see now from the of the window you can see the magnolia blossoming. There is a song that says "Magnolia que mojo la luna," that the moon um wetted the magnolia. Every time I hear that, I just like imagine the magnolia flower and then the moon is shining as if probably the light is reflecting on the petals and it's it's wetting the magnolia and I just thought like glistening in the moonlight yeah yeah oh, that's so beautiful I just think every time I'm dancing and I'm like magnolia que mojo la luna that's Ayano Yoneda, tango teacher, organizer, DJ, and co-founder of the Tango Poetry Project. The goal of the Tango Poetry Project is to bring attention to the poetry of tango. And it certainly worked for me. Since speaking with Ayano, I've had the song, Ninguna, wafting through my mind like the scent of magnolias. I knew the song before, but hearing Ayano talk about its lyrics brought it to life in a new way. I'm Liz Sabachik, and this is Humans of Tango, where we explore what tango has to teach through the experiences of those who dance it. Ayano's tango journey started in 2005, about a year after she moved from her native Japan to San Francisco. In U.S., it's very language-oriented. A lot of people come from different places. You need to explicitly express your opinion. Otherwise, they cannot guess. In Japan, mostly everybody is Japanese. And many things are assumed. You need to sense what other people want. Like, even when you want to salt, when you're having a dinner, you don't ask that. That's actually really rude. I remember after coming here and going back to family dinner and my father got really upset because I asked him, he said, how Americanized, how rude you are. It was really upsetting for him. In Japan, other people um, sense that other people want something and they do that for you. So here you have to say something. But the great thing for me was that I always wanted to say my opinion for some reason. That's how I was born, and I never fit in. And I love that about the U.S., that, um, of course, people judge, but way less than in Japan, and I don't care, and I'm just be myself. And in Bay Area, here in San Francisco Bay Area, even more, and I really appreciate that, that I can be myself, I can express my opinion, and I don't get punished for that. Sometimes I am even rewarded for that. That's really amazing that we have that culture here. Hmm. Do you feel like that sensing that you talked about, is that like a superpower though, since you grew up learning to do that? Or do you- It's trained. But I mean, like now that you've trained it, do you feel like you're more sensitive to other people or have you had to like turn it off to live in other No, 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 no. Of course, of course you sense it. I mean, now I don't uh, fetch water for everyone anymore. I used (laughs) to do that and I, you know, they can take care of themselves. But um, yes, I use that all the time. I wish everybody have that 
superpower. It's not superpower. It's right. just awareness. Yeah. Somebody took me to a Halloween milonga and I, I fell in love immediately because I thought it was like a Cinderella's ball. I didn't know that the partner dance existed in this time and era. And I realized that it's really easy. That's what got me. It's slow. You don't have to memorize choreography. And I love that because I, I'm not a dancer. I'm not very good at physical movement. I didn't do anything physical as a hobby in my life. And I could finally find something even I can do. <laughs> um, so I was very excited. And my teacher kept saying, oh, you be, you be good. You be good. And that get me going, even though I was not very good, but I still could do it. No, that was already uh, enough motivation. And I started dancing and I realized it's really scary. I remember my first close embrace in Buenos Aires and I was like, close, no? It's, I don't touch people because I'm Japanese. I never hug my mother. I never hug my father. Like you don't touch people. And so it took a really long time for me to get comfortable with it. But then, of course, when you come from a different world that your whole life deprived of human touch and you get into it, then you're like all in. I'm completely addicted. No. The other thing that got me a lot is that I found a woman in me. I focused so much on my studying, in my career. I was in finance, like go, 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 focus, focus. And I never consider myself as a woman ever until then. I was never a pretty girl. So I thought, oh, I have to study hard because I need to earn my living for myself. <laughs> And so when you go into the world of tango, there are definitely this uh, pull and this energy between men and women or between women and women. It, does, it doesn't matter what you're um, attracted to, but I definitely felt that energy and, oh, like, oh, maybe I am actually a woman. Maybe I should consider myself like how to present myself. And then a little by little, I also started gaining confidence. You know, as I dancer, I grew, but I also as a woman, I grew, I discover myself. And now I am a completely different person than before tango. And I think now as a teacher, I am helping or witnessing that discovery and journey in other people. And it's really rewarding. This is another favorite of Ayano's, Amarras, which means moorings in English. The lyrics, which you'll hear later in the episode, describe the suffering of a man who feels immobilized by memories of an unrequited love, like a boat tethered to the shore. It's a powerful metaphor. But if Ayano were a boat, I would imagine her floating free in a river of infinite tango discovery, together with her partner in life and tango, Felipe Martinez, who you can hear from in episode nine of this podcast. When I started, one of the first thing I did after just dancing, participating as a dancer, was actually organizing a marathon, which is crazy. Many events were finishing up that year. And I asked all the local organizers, hey, so-and-so, these events are ending. Don't you want to organize something in San Francisco? 
they were very smart and experienced. They didn't want to do it. It's too much work. And then that's when I met Felipe and he was like, oh, you know, I always wanted to do something. We can do something together. So that's what I did first. But I wanted to do it so I can give back. At that time, I was dancing like five nights a week locally and going to events at least once a month nationally, traveling all over. And I was like in this like total tango high mode. I met a lot of people and it was great. And I realized that we have a lot of great dancers back in San Francisco who cannot go out to events because of family situation, financial situation or whatever it is, no? And I thought, what if my friends that I met in these events can come to San Francisco and can dance with my friends that I love dancing with that are here, that cannot travel? That would be win-win. And that was the motivation. So did you start organizing with Felipe before you two got together? Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a local teacher with a lot of experience. I was just a newbie, very excited, like Tango Baby, excited with Tango. And we just team up together because I was in finance. I could do all the numbers and all the research on the venues because it's a lot of logistics. When I started DJing also, like a lot of the local great DJs um, left San Francisco or stopped DJing because they had to focus on the career, family, family, whatever. And then I, um, because of my knee injury, I've been studying music already. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe I will start practicing. I practice at the beat for a while. The beat is a venue in Berkeley where Ayano and Felipe offer a weekly class and practice. And then people started asking, Saku, do you want to DJ my milonga? Okay, I'll try. And little by little, it grew to this. With teaching, also same thing happened. Now I'm teaching by myself because Felipe is in Spain and it's a big jump for me, but it was a big challenge for me. And at the same time, I realized now I'm ready because of all the training that I had teaching with Felipe. No, It's very interesting. Each time, like life takes you to different places that you don't think of. When you do an analysis in finance, it's a very um, lonely job. You only talk to your fund manager. And I knew that this way of communicating with different people was not my fault. I don't think I was a very kind person. I was very selfish, very career focused. Hmm. So this um, side of tango as a community it taught me a lot, really. Like I started before teaching, I was helping at the door, you know, like accepting people because I couldn't dance because my knee was broken. And I started learning people's names and saying hi. And that was really nice because I didn't talk to many of them. As a dancer, I was in the same room all the time because they were regulars at the beat, but I would not um, talk to them. And I really, like it humbled me, you know? Breaking my knee was like my, really one of the best thing ever happened to me. And then so when I started assisting Felipe in the class, like half of my fear was gone because I already knew the regulars because I was at the door. And now as I teach, I learned that everybody learns in different ways. There are so many different ways to learn. And it's fascinating to me. And then they teach me. They don't even realize that they're teaching me. When I see the reaction, 
how they discover certain things, whether it sticks or not. The point is like, what is the most fundamental thing that they must know? And what is your goal in that moment for that particular student? What to focus on obviously is different in the stage of the dancers of where each dancer is in that moment because it's their own journey. But for example, in the case of the beginners, that they get going and they have fun. Now, right now I am teaching this four weeks beginner series and we have one hour class and two hour practica. Most of them stay till the end of the wow. practica, which is very rare. I tell them that, oh, you need to try with everyone. At least you need to try with five people and that they need to try with me because tango is transmitted body to body. And I don't conclude the class, in fact. At the end, I give them a project. They need to in actually complete it. In the so practicum. Nice. So now it's time that you can practice all of this. And then they're like, oh, I'm excited. And, they're, and then they're like, no, perfect. Of course. But they're having fun. Um, I, because I am from Japan, which is the country of perfectionists. Hmm. It is a very um, big leap in my belief or in my journey as a teacher. To let go of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it becomes punishing. Then it's not fun. No, like positive reinforcement. I never grew up with that. <laughs> but I know like now I need to work on that. No, like um, I think I do a lot of that now that I understand the power of that. As a teacher Especially, or with yourself? Yes, as a, as a teacher or oh, with myself. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, next. After you practice with your students. <laughs> at the end of my life, I hope in the past few years, Ayano has found yet another way to give back to the global tango community that's given her so much. It started because I was dancing in Canning with this milonguero that I really love. That's Salon Canning, an iconic social tango space in Buenos Aires. And I was like, you know, in between songs, I'm really frustrated because I want to get better, but I don't know how. And I'm so anxious and I love this dance. And he goes, well, just listen to the poetry and then put your heart into it and you'll be a milonguera. I'm like... Okay, we can try that. So I danced like that in the second song. I was just like really listening to the singer and then trying to figure out what they were saying. And and then I'm like, I connected with him in a different level because obviously he was dancing to that, to the sentiment of the story, you know, and also mm -hmm. the voice of the singers that was carrying the story. And I was like, after the second song, I'm like, okay, this is a very different dance now. And I like it. That's when I started, okay, I need to invest time in this because I don't, I cannot decipher all the lyrics on the spot. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start paying attention to it. And that was the beginning of that. 
What came out of that dance floor epiphany is the Tango Poetry Project, an ongoing effort to educate and inspire by offering the lyrics of classic tangos and other cultural and historical contexts, all in English. It's the three pillars of tango, right? Yeah. The dancing, the music, and the poetry. And most people are aware of these two, the music and the dancing. But poetry is as important and as rich as the other two. And people think, like, oh, I don't speak Spanish. You don't need to speak Spanish. It's all translated. I am trying to find somebody who can um, develop an app where we can Shazam it as if, and then the, the translation pop up like right there in one second. So when you are at the Milonga, oh, I like this. And then you can see it. Wow. That would be awesome. And it's, I mean, it should be possible soon for hopefully by the end of 2023 we have all the songs that we mainly dance to so we can cover like 90 percent of the songs that we dance to all translated and all accessible because it's like the dance the more you know the deeper things get and it's just like it's never ending it fascinates you even more the material is there online but a lot of people don't know about it. So I really want to do more live events. Mm -hmm. So there are milongas that I DJ, that I prepare beforehand. And all of the songs, the lyrics and translations are projected on, on the wall. So if you're not dancing, you can read and listen while you're sitting. That's one project. And then the other project is that I do a lecture interactive lecture so people can start getting to know about the existence of poetry and what each song talk about um all of that is to bring attention once they're interested they can look it up at home because tango music you can listen at home you don't have to do it in the milonga but people come to the dance because they are attracted to the dance. So for me, it's a great opportunity to capture their attention and bring their attention to the side of the poetry, which will enrich their dance. And um, we would all have a better time together. Soy como mi lancha carbonera que ha quedado recarada, vive atada a la ribera. Yo también atado a mi pasado, soy un barco que está anclado y siento en mis carnes sus amarras como garpios, como garras. Lloro aquellos días que jamás han de volver, sueño aquellos besos que jamás he de tener. Soy como mi lancha carbonera que ha quedado en la ribera, no parece más. Ayano doesn't follow the tradition from mainstream tango culture of gendered roles. She dances as both a leader and follower. She does draw inspiration from that gendered tradition when she leads. When I lead, I don't consider myself as a woman. When I lead, I embody men. Hmm. I even wear jackets sometimes. That helps me. Um, for me to participate in the middle, in the dance floor, it comes with certain responsibility. And I want to be really good at it, excel at it, because I'm a woman. I don't want people telling, oh, you know, she bumped into me. 
But you know, what can you do? Because she's a woman. I don't want them saying that to any woman leader. So I myself take the responsibility and I take extra good care in the flow craft, protecting my partner and protecting the people around me. So for me, that's number one. And for that, the attitude of the man, this confidence, taking charge, being aware, I definitely take charge and I feel like almost like something goes inside me and become a different person, different person. If leading for Ayano is all about protecting, following is all about the embrace. It took a really long time for me to feel comfortable. And I think, in fact, it was really my weakness. Like some people say, oh, so-and-so's embrace feels so nice. You know, <laughs> nobody told me about that. And I always felt like, damn it, like, <laughs> I need to work on this. This is my weakness. And then um, Felipe is really big on the embrace, of course. And he has a really, really nice hug. He gives a really healing, nice, magical hug when he greets people. Mm -hmm. Oh, this, this is nice. I wonder how I can do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I want to emulate that energy. And then at the same time, we have to move. Like, it's, it's quite challenging. And I think... Um, one of the things that is really I made a difference for me is Javier Rodriguez. He's a really amazing maestro. And he said, it's something that you give, that you take care of the man. No? Man meaning leader in this case. And you melt. And then from there, like after that conversation, as we were teaching, as I'm dancing, my um, perception for the embrace changed. And there was also another time that I was leading in Slovenia, <laughs> a Swedish woman that I never knew, I asked her for a dance. And the first song, she was like really guarded. And second song, she let go. And she started embracing me. I felt a clear difference. She trusted me. Because first song, you don't know her. And she's a woman, you know, like, so she was like dancing very conservatively. And in the second song, she let go. She really embraced me. And that empowered me. Mm -hmm. It made a huge difference. And with that, and then we had a, we had a blast. And so all of that combined, I realized that, oh my God, embraces everything. As a follower, it's the gift that we give to the leader. And when you give that trust, everything you melt, like you have no surface, no access. I don't care how I look. I'm just like, Whoosh. I melt into the leader. And then the leader feels so empowered and they can do anything. And then we have a great time together. It's not like a matter of like close embrace, open embrace. It doesn't really matter. No, it's more about like this relationship and this like, Entrega. As fellow tango folks will know well, entrega is a huge word in tango. I tend to translate it as giving over, which I guess is a lot like surrender, but with an important note of empowerment. And when I started thinking about that, I think people started commenting on my embrace, actually, that they really like it. Yeah, it's a yeah. gift that I give. It's my gift because of my embrace, only I can give, you know? I always tell my students, like, you know, the only thing is like, I'm here for you. Everything's going to be fine. Like I embrace and I, I don't say it, but I say it with my embrace that I'm here for you. Everything's going to be fine. Because, you know, 
Leading is a lot of pressure. You need to create the story. You need to take care of the environment, the safety, navigation, all of that. It's mm -hmm. a lonely, um, scary thing to do sometimes, no? And followers don't think that. Followers think a lot of the time, oh, they are doing their thing. I need to follow their thing. I cannot make a mistake, like a taking a test or something. It's like, no, it's not about that at all. Regardless, even if you're a beginner, you, without you, they cannot dance. They need you to dance. It's like you are a very important part of the partnership. Like it's hundred and hundred together. Well, it sounds like you think of the, you talked about the leader being a protector, but the follower is a protector in a way yes. as well. It's actually, yes. <laughs> yes, totally. Totally. Isn't that partnership about? Sounds like a good partnership to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think tango is a very easy dance. Anybody can dance. Anybody can physically dance. But as a existing dancer, as a dancer who's already into it, you can also keep getting better if you want to. I just um, feel like sometimes you go into a plateau and you feel like, oh, this is it. And you're just, okay, I can just have fun. But when you keep investing, there will be a breakthrough. Like it was always like that for me. You know, because it feels like the wall is so thick that it's and you're just there. And then this is my whole world. And it's like, okay, just keep going through the loop, going through the loop, going through the loop, going through the loop. But then there is a moment that it go boom. And it's like, oh, I didn't know there was a garden up here. I was like, on the rooftop. Okay. And then I'm, I'm on the garden rooftop and I'm, I'm really enjoying the view very much right here. But because I've already came through so many floors... I know there's another one up there and I'm, I'm excited for that. And it's going to come. I know it's going to come at the same time. I'm enjoying where I am. No, like as a beginner, you enjoy your stage as an intermediate, you enjoy your stage and there and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But I like, I want to say like, don't give up. <laughs> there's a wonderful world out there. What if you're not enjoying it? You probably had some low moments when you broke your knee. Do you have any advice for people who are into it, but they're not, you know, they're going through a period where they're not feeling as enthusiastic? There are many aspects of tango. Like I said, there are three pillars of tango, music, dancing, and poetry. You don't have to stick to one, no? Um, like when I broke my knee, I got into music because I started, that's the only thing I can relate to. Really, I got into, I'm just observing and learning about um, how Felipe was teaching. And that got me into more perspective of the leaders because many of the classes talk more th about the leaders. And I got into the community aspect because I was helping at the door and I'm just meeting people. It was fun. Like It's better than just sitting and doing nothing and feeling miserable for myself. Sometimes giving helps. When you feel like you're not receiving anything, oh, I'm not getting dance, the dances that I want, blah, blah, blah. Maybe change, switch perspective and give something that you can. Even just saying hi to someone that you don't know. Helping with the chair. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. Maybe it will change your luck. 
change your karma or something. Um, and somebody would always appreciate you reaching out. If you are in a small community and you have nobody to dance with, you're really bored, start teaching beginner classes. Find a cohort of four people, six people, I don't know. Teach them what you know. You'll be surprised what comes out of that. May we all find it in ourselves to unmoor our little boats and set off in search of ways to give and grow. Thanks to Ayano and to the Internet Archive, where I found the recordings featured in this episode. First, Ninguna, written by Raul Fernandez Ciro with lyrics by Homero Manzi and performed by Ángel D'Agostino y su Orquesta Típica with Ángel Vargas. Second, Amarras, written by Carlos Marchicio with lyrics by Carmelo Santiago and performed by Alberto Castillo y su Orquesta Típica. And of course, you can find English translations of both songs and other supporting information in the show notes. Yo solo sé que caí, que pere y que rodé, al abismo de un fracaso. Yo solo sé que tu amor es la burla del dolor, me persigue paso a paso. Ahora que sé que no vendrá, pago sin fe por la recoba. Busco valor para partir, para dejarme. Y así olvidando mi sesión, después de ti, poder morir.